Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Complete Geeks Podcast. And I am Organic, joined here by... Bob. What's up? Not much. Sitting there, uh, we're the cool kids and practicing social distancing long before anybody else has. I know. <laughs> uh, it's well, uh, been an interesting couple weeks, to say the least. I know. <laughs> this is like my safe spaces now, doing this yeah. podcast. Right, it's it's one of those things where just living out day to day and trying to self quarantine. But every time I'm ready to self quarantine, I always figure out something I gotta go buy. Luckily, every place is doing curbside pickup because Target decided that they were gonna delay my Animal Crossing pre order till like mid April. I was like, "Fuck that!" Oh man, that would have been a savior for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Postpone us talking about it. Yeah. Nah, I'm. <laughs> Best Buy started doing curbside pickup, <clears throat> and uh, I decided that, uh, yeah, fuck it, I'll go out today and get it. I don't have to walk into a store or be near anybody. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I had to run to Target um, yesterday, because yeah. as I was telling you before the show, I had a plumbing leak that mm. was in my basement, but under the kitchen, which is, and kind of has an easement out right. into the yard, and so when that leak was happening... It saturated the ground so much that it started pushing the ants that are coming up inside my house, which is another lovely problem to have. Oh wow! I I didn't know about the ant problem. Is it is it that bad? Do you guys have fire ants there or no? No, no. These are just <clears throat> kind of regular little house ants. Oh, that's um, good at least. But the foundation or the area of town that I'm on, the ground is extremely sandy. So it's it's once a year, no matter what I do, um, I have to deal with them oh, okay. in one spot. But I was I did not have any like ant traps, and there's only seems to be one trap that works. So my daughter and I had to make a run to Target, and I was talking to her the entire time in the car. I'm like, "You are not allowed to touch anything. If you yep. want to touch anything, you will get yelled at." Yep. So I'm like, "Keep your hands in your pocket or hold my hand." Yep. It, it was funny because yesterday I actually, it sucks because I had to go to Best Buy yesterday to pick up something else, and that's what I did. I kept my hands in my pocket the whole time until I actually, unless it was something I really wanted, that's what I would get, and everything else is just, even, I didn't even hand my ID to the lady when I was doing my pickup. I just held my ID in my hand, and I was like, here you go, and then she she was super nice. She actually... Went over and she like put hand sanitizer on her hand. She was like, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I was like, no, absolutely not. I was like, give me a hit. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a crazy time that we're living in right now. And I thought, I was like, cool, I'm going to have a bunch of time to play video games. And I'm still not playing video games. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, how busy was Best Buy, by the way? It was like me and like two other people. And then you know how Best Buy usually people come up to you and they're like, hey, do you need to find anything? Oh, it was yeah. like pretty much people who were like 12 or 13 feet away from me asking me, you need help? Nope. <laughs> Good, thanks. It was actually pretty wonderful. <laughs> yeah, t- Target, I would say. Oh. I mean, at least from the perspective of checking out, there was maybe like five people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was pre- pretty low and. Luckily, I knew I was going after one thing, so it was just an in-and-out trip. Yeah, it was the same way in Best Buy at, at Max. I was looking at stuff, but there wasn't anything 
where I was normally perusing or looking at different games or thinking about something random to pick up. It was in and out probably about 10 minutes. And then, like I said, now I'm picking up something. I don't even have to walk into the store. You just, I, I'm, I'm impressed on how fast they set it up. They did the curbside pickup thing and you just tell them what color car you have and you just say, I'm here. And then somebody walks out and gives you your stuff, checks your ID. So I'll be going to pick up, I'm picking up Animal Crossing and I'm picking up Neo 2 after, after the podcast. I didn't even realize. I kept saying things on Twitter for Neo 2 coming out. I had no idea it was this week. <laughs> you fucking tell me it was Neo 2, Animal Crossing, and Doom Eternal, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Man, just it kind of shocked me because, I mean, as much praise and strong reviews that Neo had, it seemed like they just kind of slept on the advertising for that. Yeah, it definitely was nowhere near as much. And then I was in the same boat as you by the time I realized it was coming... I was like, when's it coming out? And they were just like, March. Fucking really? The way you guys are advertising, I thought it was com- not coming out till like July or August or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like a couple days. And it's getting really good reviews. I mean, everybody's saying it was an excellent game. And so I'm picking that up and I'm like, fuck. And then you got Resident Evil 3 comes out in like, was it 9, <sighs> 12 days? And then freaking Final Fantasy 7 comes out another week after that. Like fucking shit. <laughs> well, all these people are going to be home to enjoy it. Yeah, I, until until they until they deem my job non-essential, I'm going to be working. So, <laughs> yeah, mine my job is kind. It's a very uh, like a very broad industry. Yeah. So we're being told it's essential, but I don't know how accurate that is or how quickly that could change. So, and I'm just, it's kind of being careful of what the situation's going to be. Yeah, mine mine is very much it's the same way. Mine is very much day to day and when it's pretty much they given us options, but I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, I guess I'll be going to work until I get sick and then I'll take off, but for right now they deem this until somebody actually gets infected in the building, they're not they give us the vibe that they're not really worried about it. Oh, yeah, and I guess uh, speaking of all this sickness, um, Toast has died. Yeah, <laughs> R.I.P. Toast. We'll miss you forever. Uh, no, he's <laughs> he's got like a little cold or something. He'll be fine. He'll be yeah. back next week. Yep. I couldn't imagine his voice being more gravelly than it already is now. I know. <laughs> I think he's just bitter because I kicked his ass in Monopoly. Oh, yeah, how'd that go? Yeah, I saw that you guys were posting about that. Sorry I couldn't play, but how did, how did all that go? Uh, it was the shortest game ever. <clears throat> oh, really? What happened? I got Park Place, Boardwalk, and the two after you pass go. The Baltic Avenue and whatever the other one is. Yeah, just fucked them. <laughs> Was it just you two? Uh, and Ryan. Oh shit. <laughs> oh man. But that, yeah. how many people can play Monopoly online? Um, uh, sure, probably what six or seven, however many oh, my. pieces there are. God, that would be a good community play. Just all of us fucking screaming at each other. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's fun. There's some complaints. I wish it was just simplified a little more, but no, oh, really, they tried to make it pretty because it is a video game. Yeah, and unfortunately, because of all this, because all this stuff is going on, and all of us pretty much living at the seat of our pants currently, we didn't get to play Divinity Two last week or this or this past Saturday, which would have been yesterday because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, there there wasn't much games to be played on my end. No, I jumped. I tried out Ace Combat last night. That came to Game Pass. 
Okay, cool. I have not played an Ace Combat game since one of our later talking points is was the one that came out for PS2 that was like just blew me away on how it looked. Oh yeah, I remember that. What was that? Was it Ace Combat like two or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. Um, yeah, I I always wanted to play Ace Combat. Is it seven now? Yeah, Shattered, I was, Shattered Skies. Yeah, something Shattered like skies. that. Shattered Skies. Um, the PS4 version has a VR mode. And so, really, yeah. And so I was like, hmm. I always so I've been always telling myself because I'm not a big Ace Combat fan. I just told myself, I was like, this thing goes down to 20 bucks, I'm going to buy it just for the fucking VR mode. So I want to see how that goes. Yeah, that that would be pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I did just the the first mission real quick, and I mean, it was, it was fine. It was kind of slow, but I th- think it's got a pretty large multiplayer, and I'm like, well, that could be kind of fun if you got kind of a community play based around it. Yeah, that would be dope. Um, the one thing I did... I did see uh, gameplay for that I was actually shocked about was the pre-order bonus for Doom Eternal, um, the Doom sixty four uh, pre-order bonus, and uh-huh. the like the remaster version. I was like, "Holy crap! I don't remember this game looking like this. I remember this game being a piece of shit." <laughs> That's <laughs> funny because I bought Doom Eternal and yeah. I decided not to try that out and started playing Doom sixty four last oh, night. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. That was a good segue. Ha <laughs> Mine's better than Castles. <laughs> so how did uh so what'd you think how was it um nothing like i remember see that's what i'm saying it, um <laughs> i'm shocked on launching the game mm-hmm. how many different studios supposedly worked on this game <laughs> I wouldn't, it, felt, it felt like it felt like it was 20 minutes of just rolling through <laughs> every group that worked on this thing everybody's fucking logo <laughs> yeah but i mean it it played pretty good. I had fun. Nice. Yeah, I've been wanting to... Ever since they released, you know, Doom 1, 2, and 3, and then I actually got really excited because that, that was one of the reasons why I pre-ordered uh, Doom uh, Doom Eternal was because they, you know, were giving away Doom 64 as, like, a freebie. And I, I've been wanting to play that. I missed out on the collector's edition of Doom Eternal. I sort of wish I bought it, but then I realized I don't have the fucking room for it. Yeah. But, um... The helmet looks fantastic, and the steel book that comes with it. When you get the chance to look that shit up, it's done by Mondo, and oh, it Mondo, it Mondo. looks it looks fucking incredible. I saw it and I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "I just wanted for that steel book." The steel book is just it looks absolutely fantastic. Probably one of the best looking steel books I've seen in a long oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I remember seeing this. Yeah, and I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's hel- their first game cover that they've done. I know they've done yeah. plenty of movies. Yeah, and I I definitely wanted that. The helmet was cool, but I just I it's worth the two hundred dollars to me. But I just don't have a place to put it. And it comes with the uh, it comes with the ninety dollar deluxe edition of Doom Eternal, which is comes with like the season pass and extra skins and stuff like that. And so that was already ninety bucks. So the extra one ten was just for those. It was like an art book, a poster a helmet and the steel book. And I was like, man, I was like, yeah. this is worth it, but it just disappeared off the face of the planet. And it's super hard to find now. Yeah. So I just pre-ordered the regular one. <laughs> so uh, any, anything gaming wise this week or was pretty, um, I, I was playing, uh, I was playing Shenmue last night. I'm trying to finish that out because I'm like a few trophies away from getting a platinum trophy in it. 
So it's like, I'll finish this out because I do want to eventually play Shenmue 3. Um, and I played, uh, I played a little bit of Dragon Quest 11 again. I'm just playing stuff that just keeps me occupied. Like, you know, because the wife is, the, the wife is with me and I've been trying to keep her occupied because she's actually, you know, self quarantined. So I'm trying to entertain her on top of me, me, me going over and not hogging up a whole television all the time. We're neglecting her. So I'm like, all right, cool. We'll do this. And then, uh, I wanted to get Animal Crossing, but Animal Crossing got delayed, so she bought that, and so we're trying to go play that together. Doom Eternal doesn't ship till next week, and I'm just like, oh my god, it was like the games I actually want to play. Damn. Or, yeah, and so, but I need to finish Doom 2016 anyway, so I think sometime today I'm going to start that again. Nice, not bad. Yeah, and other than that, it hasn't been, hasn't been a whole lot. It's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I I have all these games at my disposal, and I just haven't felt like it. I did watch. Uh, I finished watching. I was watching. Uh, did you see that documentary on Netflix that just popped up called Tiger King? No, I have not. Um, it's about this crazy guy in Oklahoma named Joe Exotic, okay. and he runs a he runs this thing called the GW Zoo, which is like housed of like two hundred and something tigers, and so it's just pretty much like the rise and fall of that zoo and all the shit that went down around it and stuff. It's it's like six or seven parts, and it's... I would definitely check it out. It's crazy. Huh. Did it, did it just come out, or was it something you randomly I, found? No, I think it just came out maybe last week or something like that. Yeah. I listened okay. to a podcast... I listened to a podcast before that called Joe Exotic while I was at work, and then this came out, and I was like, oh, shit. And so this is all the... I guess all the footage and stuff like that, a lot of... The filmmakers, you know, because they were recording anyway. So this is all the footage that they put together. And the whole entire thing happens over the span of like five years. And so they just put all this footage together. And it's pretty much from the rise of the GW Zoo to all the shady sh- shit that happened around it and stuff. And then to the fall of this guy named Joe Exotic. It's it's crazy. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah the guy sports the weirdest mullet ever. Yeah, I'll, I'll check that out. And I guess one one of the good things with the coronavirus stuff going on is all the movies that seem to be coming to digital due to the lack yep. of movie theaters being open. Yeah, which is, I mean, honestly, I think it's an excellent move. It's a smart move because you're still gathering revenue all while, you know, having, you can, you're sort of like doubling your revenue because people are still going to go to movie theaters because they don't know how to... Well, no, because all the movie theaters are closed. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I forgot about that. There's a lot of shit that I keep on thinking that is open that is really not open. Yeah, we, we have a drive-in <laughs> that announced that they're going to stay open. That's really? it for us. There's there's a drive-in here, but the guy who owns it is... It's one guy who owns it, and he's sort of crazy. And, and so I think he only runs it when it's warm. He's not going to do anything extra. Yeah. And so he's just like, he, yeah, he's he's a he's a nut job. He's it's hilarious though. Even when you're there, he's hilarious. But yeah, he's nuts. And so yeah, there's so what's which ones are coming to digital? Um, onward. Um, yeah, on. It's kind of interesting <clears throat> because I believe Onward came out digital, yeah. so it was twenty dollars to purchase it for four K. Right. Which I was I was all good with that, and then I believe. Is it the the hunt? Yeah, and the Invisible Man came out for twenty dollars, but I believe that is just for a temporary rental. Oh, that's weird. 
because I guess those technically haven't come out in theaters yet, but yeah, I know, uh, onward, even though it released digitally now, they were releasing it on Disney plus April 3rd. Yeah. I should have read. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's cool. Cause, uh, I, trust me, I was in the same boat. I was ready to buy Frozen 2 because I was interested in it. And luckily, I like read one extra paragraph before switching over. And they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, it's coming to Disney Plus right now. I was like, oh, shit, thank God. <laughs> and yep. then um, Sonic the Hedgehog is coming March 31st digital. Yeah, is, we, can get, yeah. we can get Toast to watch it now. Yeah, I know, right? Interesting. And so there's a couple other ones. I'm, I'm surprised that 007... Hasn't decided, but I guess they're trying to wait out the storm and release it in November still. Yeah, which I think they can get away from it or away with it because right. that's normally the 007 window, anyways. This, yeah, I think this would have been the first time it would have been like a summer blockbuster. Which is yeah, because that's very weird to me. I always remember watching 007 films in the fall. Yeah the the next one I'm probably curious on. Which I think they'll probably delay it, then release it online, is Black Widow. Yeah, that's very true. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't see them. I don't know, though, because Disney, Disney's releasing all this other stuff, you know, digitally. And so it's. I wouldn't be surprised if they released it in theaters and then gave it a month and said, hey, by the way, you know. But, I mean, they haven't given any kind of concrete release on or any kind of concrete timeline on when they're actually going to open theaters and restaurants back up and stuff so there's really it might just be in their better interest just to release it digitally in disney plus they'll definitely have a whole fuckload of disney plus subscribers i know that much so they're still collecting revenue constantly yeah i just wonder with it being like a marvel big action movie is if they're waiting to figure out when china's gonna kind of reopen that part of it right and so because, yeah that's yeah. i mean that's at least half their box office Oh, absolutely, and especially, you know, it's, yeah, I I mean, I haven't been following China very much in terms of, like, what what they're doing and plans of reopening and stuff, so, yeah, they're probably just, I mean, they're probably in the same boat that we are, just flying at the seat of our pants and trying to figure out what to do. Yep. But, I mean, even, even games, I know, I know uh, Square Enix released a thing saying that you know, your release of Final Fantasy VII, the remake, might be delayed, I would assume, for physical, obviously. You know, your physical your physical copy may be delayed because of of the coronavirus. And they were saying that retailers probably won't get as many or things like that. And i tell you one thing, whoever, whoever, you guys are all digital and you guys are just like, see, see, see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's, I mean, how about you? That's... Is that anything you haven't played anything game wise or anything like that? Uh, no, not that much this week. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, I was very tempted to really get into Luigi's Mansion last night because nice. I was like, we were gonna get together, play some games. Nobody got on, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna do some Luigi's Mansion. And then I laid down in bed and passed out, and <laughs> then I woke. Then I've been up since two in the morning, so I watched. Holy um, shit. Yeah, my sleep schedule's really screwed up. Were you were you working like late hours or were you working like overnights or something? Is that would No. Um, no? I was Just working late up. hours, but if I go to bed like any time before say ten thirty, it's pretty much a guarantee that I will be up between like two and four. Holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Nah, it's I've been 
fortunate. I've been I've been sleeping. I woke up at like seven today. Man, this is a really fucking geeky ass podcast. By the way. <laughs> too old. We're just getting. We got real old on these people real quick. What, like what episode is, what, 30, what does your alarm clock sound like? Right, right. <laughs> episode thirty three. These two motherfuckers were just sitting there talking about bullshit for twenty minutes. That's right. Yeah, that's Whoa. what you get. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. All right. What are we doing? What are we getting into today? I don't know. Nothing. Let's just Nothing. call. It. Let's just wrap it up. All right. Thanks <laughs> for listening, everybody. We'll see you. We'll see you when we don't die. No. Um, we're gonna use this opportunity, as we often do when toast is out, to <laughs> dive into something that toast doesn't want to. I, nah, it's not I, that I look... not that he doesn't want to, but it's just these are good little filler shows. Change of pace. Listen. I love our I love our when Toast is away episodes. They, yeah. <laughs> Toast is just like <laughs> Toast is like the manager, and we're just two fucking degenerates that are just like, hey, we're gonna do this episode now. You two motherfuckers. That's pretty much right. Yeah. No. Um. One of the things we spoke about uh, a couple weeks back was yep. the PlayStation Two. Whoop whoop. So we are going to dedicate this show to the PlayStation Two. With relatively no planning into this, so I have no clue where this is going to go. But right, it'll uh, be fun. Yep. So last was it last week that I discussed like how I got my PlayStation Two and stuff like that. So you know, for unless you want me to, we could start from scratch if you want. Just take it wherever you want to go. All right. So I the the PlayStation Two released in October two thousand. October 26, 2000 in North America. I remember pre-ordering mine at a Toys R Us. And that was back when you used to be able to have the yellow tickets. And so yeah. for anybody who listens to this at random that is under, that is under you know, 30-something years old, back in the day, the way they would do it security-wise was instead of, you know, having the game in a lockbox and you just grab and they unlock a case, you used to grab a yellow ticket, more specifically at Toys R Us. You would take yep. the yellow ticket, you would go over and they would scan a barcode on the yellow ticket. Like they, they still had the system in place for like bicycles and stuff like that, but it was really it was for Giant everything back in the day. Yep, it was it was like that for everything back in the day. They'd scan the barcode, they attach your receipt to it, you would take it to at my Toys R Us back in the day, there used to be a big like brown box. It was like, you know, a floor to ceiling like brown box and it was a booth and you would take it. You would give yeah, it to them. Window. Yeah. Yep. It was a pickup window. You would give it to them. They walk away. You'd be able to like sneak your head into the pickup window and see this like, <laughs> you know, this could show you my age. Rows and rows and rows of fucking NES games. NES, and you're just like, holy crap! And then, oh, man. I'm so glad you mentioned that because <laughs> yep, yep. Every every NES game back yep. in the day had a different fucking price. Yes, yes. So, and it's funny too because a lot of a lot of people that aren't our age, and I'm trying to say it not like you fucking whippersnappers. You don't know what it's like. I mean, it's you know certain games used to be forty dollars, certain games used to be seventy dollars. I mean, I remember you know certain games being close to a hundred dollars because there was no unified pricing for video games back then. It was whatever whatever the developer marked the MSRP as. So that's the way you used to do it, and. They would bring you know. They would take your ticket, look at your receipt, verify, and then they would bring you out your game, and then they would like stamp like received or something like that on it, and then you'd be able to leave. And so, the PlayStation Two came out. The PlayStation Two was doing reservations, and I 
was in close. I live closer proximity to a to a Toys R Us than I did like a, a GameStop or a Funko Land or whatever. Was Funko Land still around in two thousand? I think they were. Yeah, they probably were. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so you pretty much you got that yellow ticket and it had your receipt and it said PlayStation Two console pre order and I had to put I think I had to put fifty dollars down on it and they'd snap your ticket and I held onto that son of a bitch for eight months. Eight wow. months. I don't. I don't understand how it didn't get like fucked up or like shredded or faded. I held onto it for eight months, and then. So I was leaving. I was in high school. I just started high. Yeah, I just started high school, and uh, it was. Uh, I was leaving to go pick it up because there was. I was panicking, so I actually, I was panicking. I was like, "Oh no!" Because places were talking about shortages, even though. You know, even though you pre-ordered it, like you might not get your console, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And I was like, "Oh my god, I got to go to Toys R Us." Places were selling out since you know people were lining up all night because it was it was just the, it was the PlayStation Two. It was the hottest new thing, and it was like holy shit. And so a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine actually locked his keys in his car. <laughs> so I'm like every single thing. It was like a bad like '80s teen movie. Every single time I try, I was like, all right, we ready? Oh, man, I locked my keys in my car. Fuck. All right, we ready? Oh, no, my car's burnt down. Fuck. And so eventually I got there, and I assumed that nobody really, like, or they just did pre-orders. They didn't do sales because I, I went at, like, I would say, like, 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon and handed my ticket, and the lady was like, you know, hold on. She goes over and checks. She was like, yeah, we still have the pre-orders set up, and I was like, oh, my God. And I... Walked around the corner. They changed the store since I was a kid. You would pay for it. You would walk around the corner, and there was like a little counter there. And she came back with this big, giant blue box, and it just says PlayStation 2 on it, and sets it on the counter. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I was so hyped that I was just like, I pretty much like tried to tuck it out, like sneak my way out of the store. And a lot of people thought I, weren't, I wasn't going to get it, like a lot of people in school. And I actually ran into somebody a couple people that I went to high school with and like, I opened up the bag real quick and like gave him a glimpse and I was like, you're my witness. I bought this and like closed (laughs) it back up and left. And it was just like, (laughs) I just, I couldn't believe that I actually got it on launch day and didn't have to wait in lines forever. And you know, it didn't get screwed over on my pre-order. It was, it was a fantastic, it was absolutely fantastic day. The day that actually came out too. That's, that's pretty good. I remember I got mine at target and this was, yeah, I was in high school as well, and it was, I didn't get one at release, I was, I was still holding tight to the Dreamcast, and was not giving that up, and so I went to Target, and I was just, I was going for something else, <laughs> this was probably like, I was probably right when I got my license or so, or oh, something shit. around there, but I was in the store, and I saw one in the glass case. And I literally, like, almost, like, felt like I was shaking. Yeah. And then I'm, like, trying to figure out, I'm like, okay, do I have enough money to get this? Um, da 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 Trying to add it up, and I was like, alright, I'm doing it. And, mm. yeah, it was, I mean, it was, I remember it being, like, pretty mad, pretty well madness over, like, the first six months to get these. Yeah. Yeah, so there was definitely, there was definitely major shortages in the beginning, and it, it's funny because, you know, when you, you talk about shortages now, it all the way, even all the way up until, like, I would say the Wii. 
The PS4 had it had some shortages, but nowhere near as bad as like the Wii or the PS2 and things like that. And the PS2 really also solidified like the eBay movement in terms of people being able to, yep. you know, secondhand sell their consoles online. And reports are, you know, from what I'm reading, it's people were selling them for up to a thousand dollars. Which, of course, you would buy a PS2 even if you were going to sell it to make a freaking seven hundred dollar profit. And it, and I remember for a good clean like, I mean, because it came out in October. I remember all through Christmas there was no way you can get a PS2 unless you were lined up, knew somebody who worked in the store, told you that it was going to be there. There was no way you were just going to be able to walk into a, a store willy nilly outside of, you know, a couple months after to pick up one. Yeah, but, and what what was the first game that you got for it? Uh, Tekken Tag Tournament. Yeah, that was that was that the, and the main player. Yeah, that was. So I was fortunate enough, man. I'm really fucking showing my age today. Um, not only did I get a PlayStation Two, but I also worked at a Blockbuster. Nice. <laughs> and so I was able to try out all the launch games because we would just bring my PS2 in. And try out all the launch games just to see because people were asking about them anyway. And so I convinced my manager that this is research, not me just fucking off and playing video games, which it totally was. <laughs> um, and so uh, most of the games were shit. Tekken Tag Tournament was Tekken. And I like the bowling aspect of the bowling mini game more than actual Tekken. <laughs> and, and yeah, Armor Core 2. Because the one thing I did notice even back then, and it was the same way with the original DualShock was that nobody could grasp the concept of using both analog sticks. So yeah, that's, that's pretty true. If you think about it, there was a lot of games that supported the analog controller, but didn't support the right stick. So they didn't map the right stick. It was more just like... It was more like N64 Dreamcast and stuff. It was like, look, you can use the left stick to move 360 degrees. How yeah. How easy is this? What does the right stick do? Oh, it doesn't do anything. If you need to move the camera, use L and R. <laughs> what the? I mean, I remember playing freaking... Uh, remember when Medal of Honor, the, you know, the World War II shooter, was yeah, really yeah. big? I think it was like Medal of Honor Underground or something. It was like the, the left stick moved you, and you just turned around with the left stick, and then left and right were your strafe. So Man, I forgot it, all about that. Yeah, and so it was like sort of counterintuitive. And that's what happened with Armor Core was a prime example. Armor Core was just it would have been awesome if it controlled like a modern day third person or first person shooter, but it was literally you rotated three hundred and sixty degrees and then you would strafe back and forth with L two or R two and it was it would just and you would do a boost with X. And so it was like sort of I'm like this can this game could be great, but the controls are fucking terrible, and it just didn't make a lot of sense. And it would just it, it was those kind of things sort of pissed me off. And I'm trying to think of what other games were uh, PS2 launch titles. Um, I remember well, I know we mentioned it last time I talked, um, Smuggler's Run, and then yeah. Fantavision. Oh um, man, there's a there's a couple bangers. Um. Yeah, because uh, DOA two hardcore was another one. Man, was this for me? No way, there was not this many. There was twenty nine, twenty nine launch games. I don't remember that many. Okay, I remember ESPN X X Games uh, snowboarding. Snowboarding. Came out. Okay. 
Um, I remember Eternal Ring and Evergrace. Uh, was it Evergrace? Was Evergrace the one that was first person? Because that was another one that could have used both analog sticks if it was better. Um, I remember Fantavision. That game wasn't worth That game should have just been a pack-in. Oh, Ridge oh, Racer yeah. 5. Ridge Racer 5. I played the fuck out of Ridge Racer 5. That was an excellent. That was actually an excellent launch game, but not enough to warrant you buying a $300 console for. Oh, SXX. That was a big one. Yeah. Um, Summoner sucked, but the, the game itself was hilarious. See, now, Time Splitters and Unreal Tournament, I believe they use both analog sticks. Yeah, was Time Splitters a launch game? I that doesn't sound familiar to me. I don't know. Uh, maybe launch window, but yeah, yeah. it's only. Two, I don't know why we don't remember this organic. It was only twenty fucking years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and got got to give with time splitters. Toast would put that on. Oh yeah, very high praise. Absolutely. Um, but he's not here, so fuck that game. No. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. I remember Street Fighter EX three being a fucking terrible Street Fighter game. Oh man, S- Silent Scope. I had uh, such fond memories of playing that in the arcade, and then to get it on a console, <laughs> I was like, this is fucking terrible. Oh, man. Remember when those games, they would just release certain games and they wouldn't have peripherals, and they still do that shit to this day? Oh, um, yeah. Taiko Ty- Drum Master for the Switch. They just release it for the fucking Switch, and it's like, well, Japan got this cool little drum that you'd be able to use and play the game with. Ah, fuck that. It's digital only here. Fuck you. <laughs> import it if you don't like it. Like, I, had a, yeah. I had the game. I had to import a drum. The no. cute little drum. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why is this game $20 here? And then it cost me another $60 for the fucking drum. <laughs> well, I will say uh, Madden 2001, that was a big game for me. Yeah. Just see, seeing somebody play that, I think it was a Best Buy, if I remember right. Oh. But I was like, holy shit. I was like, this cannot be a video game. Yep, I remember actually having. Cause remember back in the day with like, and that's that's the biggest thing that we're both taking from this is that PS one to PS two is like this massive jump because you went from a thirty two bit system to a full one hundred twenty eight bit system, mm-hmm. and so you're looking at like Madden, Madden, we'll say Madden ninety nine or whatever, and it's just a bunch of blocks and really bad textures and stuff like that, and you're used to it because that's what you're used to playing, and then you jump to you know. Madden 2001 and everything's flushed out. These people actually have depth to their helmets, realistic movements. And you're like, holy shit. Like, like you said, from far away, it looked like somebody was just watching a football game. Yeah. And you know, back then it was, it it was just, it was super impressive. I remember orphan for, I remember orphan on here and that game also being fucking terrible. (laughs) Man, I don't remember that game at all. I don't bother. It's not a, it's a really shitty RPG. Um, I remember Kessen. Kessen wasn't that great either. I mean, the only ones that were like real bangers to me were Armor Core, uh, Dynasty Warriors, because Dynasty Warriors is super impressive. Cause they had what all number these... is Dynasty Warriors up to now? Uh, oh, God. I mean, they want to say it's like Dynasty Warriors 9, but we all know it's like Dynasty Warriors 78. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> hold on. I For shits and giggles... Number of Dynasty Warrior games. <laughs> I'm going to say 17. 17? Hold on. Let's see. Hold with us, folks. You're doing this just like we are. Um, oh, God. Let's see. Because 
so so there's always been a release there's been a release for every single console you know playstation playstation 2 3 4 playstation portable vita gamecube ds 3ds switch xbox 360 one windows ios and android first release is uh dynasty warriors in 97 the latest release is dynasty warriors 9 yet again we all know that's bullshit in 2018 <laughs> yeah. yeah they're trying to they're trying to say there's a four year there's a five year gap in between eight and nine we all know that they were just fucking making side games yep yeah yeah like, it's, it's funny funny to look at lists like this of like what series are still around to this day yep. uh, what's kind of fizzled out or even the studios that have gone away oh yeah way on here uh, and what's what's cool to me too is how many how many franchises that we still play to this day are had their launches on ps2 yeah so i mean god of war was a was a big one and God of War, Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, like all these big like Naughty Dog action adventure games had their big starts on PS2. And what's crazy to me is, you know, even even if you look at games like the start games for PS2 and then look at end games like God of War and stuff, you didn't think that the hardware was capable of doing something like that. And it's it's cool to see that that aspect of gaming is still there till this very day in terms of seeing what people can do with the hardware when it first come out to what they could do with the hardware towards the end of its life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause even seeing something like gears five and looking at something like launch for PS4 or Xbox one, you're just like, Holy shit. Like the, the system can do that. And because people figure out different strategies and just know how to operate it better. Yeah. And I think, uh, <coughs> what was very interesting too, between the PlayStation and PlayStation two was, Really, the first time we saw a controller carryover. Yep. Yep. A controller carryover. Um, seeing games carryover. Yeah. Having having full backwards compatibility was... Uh, I remember being in Blockbuster and showing my mom the PlayStation 2 and her actually asking me, does it play the old games? Or if uh... it wants me actually say... Me actually say, yes, actually it does. All my old games are compatible with this. And Every parent asks that. Yep, yep, every parent asks that. Does it play the old stuff? Yeah, it does. It does play the old stuff. And another thing was too is I remember I wouldn't buy I wouldn't buy stuff on VHS because I never had my own VCR. And man, we are really fucking old. And uh <laughs> and and finally getting this was my first DVD player. And that was another thing why this thing was like the new hotness was right out of the gate, right out of the box. You didn't have to do anything special to it was that it was, it had a built in DVD player and it was mid range DVD players cost the same price as the PlayStation two. So why not just buy a PlayStation two and have this full entertainment system rather than just buying a DVD player that only does one thing. All right. Good, good question for you. What was the first Hmm. DVD that you owned? Oh, fuck. (laughs) Fuck. Um, God damn it. Hold on. I know this. <sighs> Inspector Gadget. What? Yeah. Is this the was, is this the pedophile part that we have in every show? No, no, no. no. Uh it was cheap. Uh I remember buying it for cheap and because remember you gotta remember uh the DVDs were expensive back then. Hold yeah, on. I I had to check too, because I want to check my facts and see if it was <laughs> To see if I'm right. Um, 
I want to say yes. I believe mine was uh, the Jackal. The Jackal, okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Inspector Gadget was, uh, yeah, because it, it came out in 99. Yep. It's it was not cheap. bad. Yeah, and then, God, I bought, I bought so many ridiculous DVDs. I remember having to look for a copy of Half-Baked. Like search everywhere, you know the Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. movie. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Buttercup. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fish, fish. Oh, no. <laughs> Squirrel Master. And uh, I remember having to look for DVDs are harder to find way back then anyway because everything was fucking VHS tapes. But another thing to help me too was uh was working on a blockbuster. I remember one of the DVDs that I like cherished and eventually you know. It took like ten years later to finally say I don't need it anymore. Was Fight Club? Oh man, Fight Club with the paper back yep. cover. Yep. Remember when DVDs? Because DVDs back then were they were so fucking cool because they always tried to stand out. So you have your ones in your typical shitty Amaray case. That's what they call the cases done by a company named Amaray, and uh, and you would get these ones that like Fight Club had these fancy ass fucking boxes that had. DVD, you know, commentary tips and menus and stuff. Yep. Yeah. And remember when DVDs back then used to have like secret menus and stuff? You were only oh yeah, access. all the yeah. all the Easter eggs. Um, yep. Let's say I I might still have the DVD copy of Fight Club, but I did buy it on Blu-ray because they also had an Easter egg on that version. Nice. Which was you put it in and it launches the DVD menu for uh, Drew Barrymore's Never Been Kissed. <laughs> that's that's fucking crazy yeah and it just it'll go up there for like a minute and then it'll slowly kind of start to fizzle out like the nice. uh, fight club film split yep it'll yeah. just like blurt out that's hilarious well we went uh, off the rails there right yeah i know <laughs> uh but that that was one of the that was one of the things we used to you know that was it was great with the ps2 because you'd be able to just to i mean outside of I can honestly say outside of starting with this console on, I have never had a single use type of player since then. I've never had the, yeah, I've never had the thought of saying like, you know, Oh, okay, well I need to buy this or buy that because the systems end up having it. You know, my first Blu-ray player was a PS3. My first Blu-ray player was a PS4. My first 4k Blu-ray player was an Xbox one X. And or one S is a one S plays Blu-ray. Yeah. 4k Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. was a one S. And so I've never, it was, it was cool to see that this system started that where you do have all these all in one entertainment type systems that you didn't need to, okay, well you spent $300 on a console. Oh, great. Well now I got to spend another 150 something dollars on a DVD player. I need to spend, you know, this and this, or I need to buy a 4k Blu-ray player. It was like, cool. I can just buy this outright. Yeah, and I mean, just based on the price of DVD players when they came out, I mean, it was relatively, I mean, the same price to just get the PlayStation, if you could find yep. it. And what was crazier to me, too, is that uh, I remember back in the day with DVD players, they their lasers were super sensitive. Like, a fingerprint would mess yeah. up yeah. the actual DVD, and you would see it skip and stuff like that. And it's great that tech these days, you don't really see that anymore, unless it's, like, really, really damaged. But I remember the PS2 laser actually being, albeit it's a shittier DVD player playback-wise, but it was cool to see that it actually was a little bit more robust in terms of taking 
being able to play DVDs a little bit better in terms of, you know, being able to take a little bit more scuffs and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, God, I so many good memories. The PS2 was, just like every other PlayStation system, was an RPG machine. And that was back when I was playing RPGs hardcore. And it was great because I didn't have to do anything special or fancy to keep playing the PS1 RPGs that I was still playing. I was able to plug my memory card right in and just be able to start playing it with a with a better built controller because I, I thought the analog sticks were a little bit tighter than the original PS1. And yeah, and then when PS2 RPG started coming out, it was crazy on how good how how much of a jump you got because you started getting fully flushed out environments rather than just pre-render background running around and things like that and action adventure games actually being action adventure games like Mario and stuff. Yeah, was... what what was the say what was the first PlayStation 2 game outside of launch that just blew you away on what could be accomplished? I there's a there's a couple of them. Um I would say for me that that blew me away in terms of draw distance and things like that was the original Jack and Daxter. Yeah, very very yeah. good call there. Yeah, because the original Jack and Daxter, even if you look at it now, like there's a PS3 remaster for it, and yeah, it runs at a better frame rate and stuff, but essentially the visuals are the same. It runs at a higher resolution and a little bit better frame rate, but they didn't change the character models or anything. And so it was fully animated, fully voiced character models, and then you had these draw distances that were insane. You were able to see the whole environment outright, and just the way the game ran. I remember... Picking up at random, because back then you didn't have... You couldn't just look up the internet and just... You couldn't just look up something on the internet real quick and be like, oh, there it is. All right, cool. I'm going to pick up this game. You would pick up games based on covers, on backgrounds, you know, on back covers and things like that. I picked it up and got it at random and just absolutely fell in love with it and being really, really impressed on how it looked. And then seeing stuff like later on was... uh, One game that really impressed me was the jump was uh, Final Fantasy X. Oh, going from another good call there. Yeah, going from nine to ten, like going from pre-render backgrounds. While while it is gorgeous and the games are fantastic, I still play them. Jumping from that to fully voice acted, fully flushed out characters, like having these big enemies on screen, the the cutscenes being just as good looking as the actual game itself. It was just you know barely any use of CG as compared to the other games where it was just it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, one of one of mine that I constantly go back to, not that the genre really fits me anymore, but was Gran Turismo three a spec. Oh, oh, that's another good call. Gran Turismo three is like. I just remember. remember the... I think the the premiere of that game was shown at the yeah. like a nighttime race in the rain, and just yeah. the amount of light reflection that was there, I was like, I, I couldn't believe what they could do with it. Yep, remember the uh, remember the intro for it. The intro oh, for yeah, it was like yeah, the yeah. music and everything. Yeah, that was fucking fantastic. And uh yeah, there was I mean, there's so many there were so many good solid games for it. And then and then also like what developers could accomplish. Um I remember one that sticks out in my head is Resident Evil Four coming out for the GameCube. Yep. And Resident Evil Four being, you know, quote unquote built for the GameCube. And then People saying, you know, you, that was back when everybody was jerking off to their console of choice more th- more so than they do now. And 
them saying it's exclusive to the GameCube. It'll never be able to run on a PS2. It's inferior. And then Capcom, <laughs> yeah. Capcom porting it to PlayStation 2, and I remember playing it again. And yeah, it was a little rough around the edges in certain aspects, but the game still played the same and still ran the same. And being super impressed with it, and it was like cool. You know, this is people were still able to get power out of the system, even though it was older than the other ones. And that was another thing too, was how resilient the the PlayStation Two was. Is that it came out first? Yeah, all these and. It did. It's and that's why a lot of people they talk about you know and we'll talk about it more at length but the you know the PS5 tech specs got released and then you had the Xbox tech specs you know it went up against it and technically you know quote unquote on paper that the PS5 is lower power than the Xbox One X or Series X and a lot of people are like it's donezo this is it you know it's it, it this is it fucking PS5 is inferior and it's like the PS2 outlasted you know got, it beat two competitors that were more powerful than it especially the original xbox the xbox the original xbox was way more powerful than both of those consoles and it still did worse of the three yeah they just couldn't get anybody to i mean no commit to making games on it for the most part yeah, yeah and so it's it was cool to see that kind of stuff like you know that kind of stuff get proven wrong is is even though the system is underpowered compared to the other two that it was able to run really good games. And then another thing is too, is you got to see, you got to see essentially new or older franchises being reborn into 3d worlds rather than just being, just being like the old school. Like, cause if you look at like dragon quest and look at final fantasy, like final fantasy seven, eight, nine, while they're, they're somewhat different, they're somewhat similar in terms of the way they're built. And then you get Final Fantasy, you know, you get Final Fantasy X, and then you get Final Fantasy XI, which is the online one. And you're just like, and then you get Final Fantasy XII. And they're all different. They're all different types of games, the way they're built, the way they're, the style is. it's You actually got to see, like, people's artwork really come out. And it was the same way between Dragon Quest VII and Dragon Quest VIII. Dragon Quest VII came out later in life on the PS1. It was sprite-based, and you're like, oh, cool, it's still a really good game, but then Dragon Quest VIII comes out. Dragon Quest VIII is fully flushed out, 3D worlds, um, but still had the same Dragon Quest vibe, and it was cool because you got to see these developers go over and say, we can totally reimagine these games while keeping the same spirit of it. It was it was super fucking impressive, to the point now where sometimes I think it's a little lost on people because you look at it now and you're used to that. You're used to it just being like that. Oh, well, I'm used to it being a 3D game. But back when you're talking about jumps between, you know, Super Nintendo to PS1, from PS1 to PS2, they were big, generational, you know, revolutionary jumps. Yeah. Um, how am I? How am I doing? <laughs> no, you're you're getting into it. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, one that I was just thinking of, like generational jumps that I always I always forget about, but it was such a big part of myself playing games. Was the jump for the Tony Hawk series? Oh fuck yeah! Tony um, Hawk three running yeah. at like what was it your Tony Hawk three running from at like sixty frames a second? <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. And just I mean, one well obviously two is really beloved, but to just see these worlds kind of become more alive, a lot more detail in the background, just what you could do with the the complexity of just the animations alone. Yeah, it was. It was cool to see that stuff. And then another thing, you know, as 
it sucked, you know, talking about the generation overall, was seeing, when the Dreamcast died, seeing a lot of Dreamcast ports getting ported to PlayStation 2 and Xbox and stuff. I remember, uh, I remember like Echo the Dolphin being ported to the PlayStation 2. I remember Shenmue 2 actually getting its US release on Xbox. It, as bitter as we were, it was cool to see at least those kind of things still stay alive somewhat. And then even looking at games jumping from the launch of the Dreamcast to the launch of the PS2, uh, and even later in life, if you look at games like Blue Stinger on the fucking Dreamcast, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that game was fucking disturbing. Like, it's disturbing now. And then seeing yeah. the way stuff looks towards the end of, technically it would have been the end of its generation if it would have stayed alive. With like, I mean, the one I keep going back to is God of War because God of War was just a very, very impressive game. The way it looked, the way it played, it was just it was it cleaned house on every award, stage. right? It and it deserved it because yeah. the game had excellent gameplay. The game used fucking both analog sticks in the actual excellent fashion, where it it showed people, hey, there's another stick here. You know, use this thing, <laughs> and. Yeah. And seeing the evolution of games and the way they controlled and the way they played, because it was the same way with like Jack and Daxter and stuff. If you need to move the camera, it wasn't you were able to move the camera with the analog stick, I believe. Yeah, I think and you're then, right. Yeah, and then seeing big generational jumps. When did fucking Grand Theft Auto get really popular? When did it really? Yeah, it was yep. going from top down to a fully flushed out 3D world to be able to do whatever the fuck you wanted was insane. Absolutely insane. I remember Grand Theft Auto 3 was just as bad as the PS2 launch. You couldn't find a copy of Grand Theft Auto 3 for the life of you. Mm -hmm. And I remember my brother found one used for me at a Blockbuster. This is after I quit Blockbuster. Um, he <laughs> found one used He found one used for me at a Blockbuster. And I was like, I don't give a fuck, just buy it. Which is ironic considering these days, I'm like, no, it's got to be in really good condition. And I was like, I don't give a fuck how fucked up it is, just give it to me. Yep. <laughs> and it was... And that game still, you have the evolution of these games now where, you know, like you said, bigger environments and stuff, but it was nowhere near as the jump as it was then. Because, like I said, you know, Grand Theft Auto 1 and 2 were fucking top-down, little rinky-dink sprite-based shooters, and Grand Theft Auto 3 was uh, essentially a 3D action-adventure mayhem game. Yeah, yeah, 3, yeah. 3 came out was the surprise, then Vice City was just the juggernaut. Vice City still has the best soundtrack. Don't at me, bitches. It, it is the best soundtrack, but it's so funny because that map is not very fun. <laughs> no, um, the end. Also, the end game for fucking Vice City sucks. Because yeah, remember, it was I, like I remember, remember you went like you went from mission to mission, then eventually got to the point where it was like you can't do missions anymore. Go ahead and build up your businesses, and then after you get a certain amount of money it was like it was like you pretty much had to grind i was like i didn't want an rpg i wanted to fucking play it oh, grand theft auto god bring bringing me back to uh i think it was at least three and four but yep. it was like you can't go to this part of the island the bridge is closed because the hurricane yep like what the and, fuck and and it's that kind of stuff too you seeing how even those games within a generation being able to jump because grand theft auto 3 was pretty then Grand Theft Auto Vice City was even prettier. And then Vice City came out, and Vice City had this big-ass map that was way bigger than Liberty City, and San Andreas had no load times on the map. Yeah. And it was like, holy fuck, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You know, this is insane. And then even when they eventually got ported to Xbox, because they got ported way later in life, 
Yep. When they when they got ported to Xbox, they were even better, especially Grand Theft Auto 3, because Grand Theft Auto 3 had custom soundtracks. That's one of the reasons why I bought it. <laughs> and yeah, it was just it was a it was a glorious time for gaming. Um PS2, I just remember I, I just remember <laughs> as many good games as I bought, I remember buying so many shitty games too. There's there's quite a few games where I'm like, why? Why did I fucking buy this? Oh, I mean, yeah, there there was a good amount of shovelware on it. Yeah, um, I remember. No, go for it. Uh, I did. You ever play anything with a multi tap? I don't believe I did. No, uh, we used to play. Anyway, we'll get back to that. Anyway, you were saying <laughs> there was so much shovelware. I can go on another rant. Go uh, on. Oh no, um, I think another big one that set the course for the next generation um, in a big way was Guitar Hero. Fuck, you're right. I forgot that Guitar Hero was even on the fucking PS2. Yep, st- oh. st- started there and. I mean, just that music genre, if I can talk, on how quickly that, I mean, blew up, and, I mean, technically it crashed as soon as, as, about as quickly as it blew up. I can't believe how how much, uh, how much the fucking, how much they go for. They go for stupid money now, like Rock Band and stuff. Oh, to find a set, yeah. Yeah. I gave two sets of Rock Band away, the regular one and Beatles Rock Band. We gave a full set away, the 360 version, and I'm, I think I have two guitars for the Wii U version of fucking Rock Band, or for uh, Guitar Hero. Or you could, or you could just go with what is, what's the DS version? Was it? Oh, with that <laughs> shitty, with that shitty uh, well, guitar thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh that was an interesting time. Peripherals used to be everything back then, and I mean, there's still stuff now, but there used to be a lot of stuff where it was. One game could use it, and that was it. You couldn't use anything else. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of crazy ass shit, uh, I can't find a copy of Ring Fit Adventure just in case I get quarantined. What? So I yeah, Ring Fit Adventure has gone off the face of the planet. Unless you want to buy on the, the game retails for eighty dollars, but unless you want to spend like two hundred plus, because apparently people were buying them here and selling them to people in China that were on like a strict quarantine. Oh, and they were wow. buying them for like, and another thing is too, is that it's not, it's not released in China. So they were actually buying, you know, the U S version or the UK version and hacking their switches to play the game. And so a lot of people were buying, they were selling them on secondary market. So I bought a DDR mat and a copy of DDR universe for the 360. Oh shit. And, and so I'm like, man, I'm like, if I get fucking quarantined in here, I at least get some kind of cardio. I like to think it was uh, Grandma's Boy when he starts yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm going to see how shitty the songs are, you know, circa freaking 2006 plus. But, yeah, I mean, I I played right. my... Well, go ahead. Uh, give, give you a quick little quiz. Um, what year did the last PlayStation 2 game come out? Oh, I just read this. It was like 2014? 2013. 2013 it was uh fifa yep yeah i just read that and uh when did all right so here's my quiz for you when did the when did they stop servicing playstation 2s i don't care about your questions oh okay never mind then fine Uh, Uh, servicing playstation 2s like actually sending them in for repair not touching them inappropriately man i even had to send mine in for repair it was like a week after the warranty expired oh really why did you send it did you blow uh, it out uh well I I sent it to him and I actually bitched about it and bitched about it and they repaired it for free. 
Mm, nice. But, oh, I'm going to say 2016. I want to say that it was 2018. Oh, shit. Yeah, they uh, yeah they just stopped They just stopped working on them not too long ago. That's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty crazy, but I, I mean, the more these consoles developed into, I mean, sharing parts from different markets like the PC market, I mean, I can see how they could continue that. Yeah, and I mean... Another thing that's fucking crazy to me, too, is I, I guess because one thing is repair-wise, you know the games we didn't touch on so many fucking games? You know what game really got me for the PlayStation 2 where it was that this game, this system is a fucking beast? It was Metal Gear. Oh, man. Jumping from Metal Gear 1 to Metal Gear 2 was insane. Absolutely insane the way it looked. And the fact, yeah, I don't even want to get started on Metal Gear. I don't, right. I don't know how that game has not received a remake. The first, uh, oh, the first one. Yeah. Well, technically, it did. It's just for the GameCube. <laughs> I, I know it needs like this generation remake. Right. If they did a full flushed out, like, yeah, if they did a full flushed out remake of Metal Gear. That'd be fucking crazy. Well, you know, all those rumors are floating around. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah, I, all those I, rumors. I don't know how that makes any sense for Konami, but I. I hope it happens because Konami just, if Konami goes over and says, because apparently Konami for the past, we'll say like five or six years, I think ever since, ever since Kojima left really. And I mean, you gotta think their last game came out Castlevania wise was fucking Lords of Shadow. That was their last like big budget game outside of ports and shit like that. Yeah. And Metal Gear um, Survive flopped out yeah, the gate. Yeah. Metal Gear Survive flopped or, you know, and so they make more money and they've even said it, that they make more money off of like pachinko machines. That's a reason why like Metal Gear Solid 3 actually got rendered in the Fox engine, which was the Metal Gear 5 engine. And everybody saw it and was like, oh, fuck, yeah, remake of Metal Gear Solid 3. Nope, come to find out it was for a fucking pachinko machine. And they were just using the footage to run on the system to go over and show, like, bonuses and shit like that. Yeah. And so they just, if they're able to use the license for, like, their pachinko machines and stuff and then just sell the actual IPs to freaking Sony. Because if Sony made another Castlevania game, if you gave it to, like, Corey Barlog or somebody like that who made God of War... Castlevania would make a huge surge, and right now you should strike while the iron's hot because Castlevania season three is like Castlevania on Netflix is is a fantastic show, and it's doing super well. So it's like announce that you're building a fucking Castlevania game, and people will lose their shit. Yeah, I, I could definitely yeah the the licensing side of it makes sense. I just see saw some of the rumors of them buying it outright from Konami, and I'm like, I just don't. I mean, they'll make them, if, if they're worried about the money, they'd be better off licensing it. But right, I, 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 yeah, like you said, it's like a double-edged sword because you're like, I, I don't know how I feel about this because I'm afraid something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> but then also, is it bad for that IP just to fucking sit there and do nothing? Because mm-hmm. that that was that was another thing too. Was you know back to PS2, PS2, Konami was a huge hitter back then. We got friggin' two major Castlevania games that were 3D Adventure Castlevania games. Um, we got two major Metal Gear games with Metal Gear, with Metal Gear Two and Metal Gear Three, and then it was, and then once you got to the PS3 side of it, they were still working on stuff. But once you got to PS4, it was all it was all downhill. Once you got to Metal Gear Five, it was like they just took a shit and. 
Castlevania they haven't given fucks about since PS3 because Lords of Shadow 2 didn't do very well. Mm-hmm. And so it was it's sad because, you know, from our perspective, we can just see the downtrodden of them take a shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, it's I have I still have do you still have a PS2 hooked up? I don't. I, I do. I actually I, Oh, what was it? I got one in my hands again. It was probably seven years ago. I had I used to own a duplex before I got married and had a kid. That mm-hmm. I had a roommate at the time, and he had a PlayStation Two that he had in the box and stuff, and hadn't had it hooked up in years. And he moved out and left it. I was like, "Hey!" And I worked with him. I was like, "Hey, you left this?" He's like, "You can just throw it away." I was like, "Well, still got the <laughs> box and everything." I'm like, "Oh my god, no!" Yeah. Uh, now I have a. Uh, my brother-in-law did that. He he had a PS2, and I was like, "What are you doing with this?" And he was like, "Well, I don't hook it up anymore." I was like. Shit, I'll keep it. It's a big one. It's a fat one. So it's like, cool, I'll keep it. And then uh, I had a slim because I just wanted it just for space-wise. And so I have a slim still hooked up. And Glad, glad yeah. you mentioned that because the slim was insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the slim was... Uh, so in 2004... Man, we're, we're filling way longer than an hour. Um, in 2004, they had a major remodel. So only four years after the console came out... And it was like, what would you say, like seventy percent smaller than the actual original one, something like yeah, that. But I yeah, I would I would say at least. I remember the first time seeing one in person. I was like, no way. The yeah, it's not very flips up, and I'm like, fucking Christ. Yeah, it's not very much bigger than a DVD case, and the power supply. Another thing to help reduce the size of it was the power supply is not internal anymore. And another thing is, too, is that it had a built-in network adapter as opposed to the original where you had to buy an actual mm-hmm. network adapter. Get your SOCOM so, plan? Yeah, EverQuest? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but you couldn't play Final Fantasy XI because that required a hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> Final Fantasy XI, I remember getting... I still have a copy of Final Fantasy XI and like the actual fucking big-ass box and everything. And I remember somebody giving it to me and they were like, here you go. And I was like, why the fuck? What the fuck is this? Because it still takes a three point, you know, that was back before they came out with SATA drives in terms of like the small ones. And so it has a big ass 3.5 inch hard drive in it. And I want to say it's like, it's, it's something stupid, like 15 gigs. If that, Oh no. yeah. Best. Cause I mean, yeah, the Xbox had 20 in it. Yeah. Yeah. I liked how the Xbox, you didn't know how big the hard drive was because they would just do it by blocks. Yeah. <laughs> but I I used to use my uh, Xbox as like a jukebox because you used to be able to just rip CDs to it. Oh, yeah. So I would just rip a whole fuckload of CDs to it. It was excellent. But no, it's, I mean, the the PS2 was just, it was, it was great to see, you know, and it's cool to see even now where with PlayStation, the way it's established itself that it, it, people have latched onto it again and companies are putting out games for it that hadn't, you hadn't seen in a while or were surprised they are getting remakes and remasters and things like that. And, or getting new games in general. It was, it's very cool to see that developers still have a love for the PlayStation brand and are still willing to, try to revolutionize gaming as opposed to just saying like 
here you go. Here's another shitty game, or here's here's Metal Gear Survive. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Another major thing with I said earlier with the the controller carrying over, but also yeah. uh, being able to stand up vertically. And I don't I don't know who who you were, but just you would figure out the space that you had just to put it vertically, just because you could. Oh yeah, and it was just it was the fucking coolest thing ever because you would get that stand for it. The stand was really neat, and then you know you would just be able to hang the tray, and you know the tray had a lip on it, so you're able to just like set the disc down yeah. and hit the button. And and another thing was too is that with the PS2 going from you know N64 to or going from like PS1 to PS2, the hardware itself, you know, PS1 just felt like even if you grab one now, you know, back in the day you looked at one, you're like, yeah, this is sort of hokey with the gray and. It's sort. It doesn't look as like, it doesn't look like a piece of hardware that you really, really wanted on a entertainment stand. Yeah. And then you get the PS2, and it had the slide out disc tray. It was blue. It was blue and black. It was real sleek compared to things back in you know early two thousand. And you looked at it, you're like, this is a piece of hardware where one nobody would really be able to tell if I had it tucked into an entertainment stand, and two, if they did, they would be like, oh shit, that looks fancy as fuck. Yeah, and so it was cool because that's when you actually started seeing consoles being like an actual home part of your entertainment center, and they would blend in with it rather than trying to stick out like a sore thumb. Except, Except for, for the Dreamcast, Dreamcast should always Dreamcast, be white. Dreamcast, GameCube, Xbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Xbox looked like a fucking VCR. I mean, it was cool. I think it weighed thirteen pounds. It was fucking huge. Yeah. Um, there are some cool variations to the PS2. There was one in Japan that is called the PSX. That released, um, that thing is a monster. Oh, it man. was now, uh, now I gotta pull it up. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, oh, yeah, go ahead and pull that, pull that shit up. <laughs> the PSX was uh, a really cool, yeah. You I probably had to look up under like PSX, PS2. Oh, it's fancy. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that thing is uh, <laughs> one of the things about it was uh. The one thing I've read about it later in life was that it, a lot of them these days, if you find one, won't work. Because apparently the lasers in them are shit. Like, the actual housing of the PlayStation 2 is shit. It, so, most of them have to be repaired. Um, so, it was a fully functioned DVR. Included infrared remote, S-video, composite video, RF inputs. And was able to tune analog VHS and CAT and CATV. It could also be linked with a PlayStation Portable to transfer photos, videos, music via USB ports. It featured non-linear video editing, image editing, and audio editing. And DVD R plus R support was introduced in a future update. So this thing is like 18 times the size of a regular PS2. It came out in 2003. Um, just, it used just for it, that amount of space. It was probably insanely expensive. Um. I want to say that it retailed for like. I want to say that there was two different there was two different types of it because there was different they had different uh, styles because it was essentially like you were buying like a big ass DVR, so there were there were different versions of it. You know, you had a 160 gig configuration, you had a 250 gig configuration, but I remember it coming out and just being it never came out here. It only came out in Japan, I believe. And I remember a local import store like going over and um, 
going over and importing one and seeing one and it's huge it's very very fancy that was back when remember when sony used to use like a lot of clear plastics on their shit Mm -hmm. and make it like really fancy and you're like oh what the fuck (laughs) so i want to say that the thing i want to say that retail for like either anywhere between 600 and thousand dollars holy shit yeah most of them there's one on ebay right now um that's in the box and everything, and somebody wants four hundred and fifty dollars for it. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's that was like their ultra high end version of it. But I I know a lot of people who have tried to get them working again, and ninety nine point nine percent of them their PS two their PS two lasers end up going bad in them. So, yeah, <laughs> and also also the big thing was it was an absolute commercial failure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. See, seeing this, it just reminds me of the GameCube uh, Panasonic DVD player. Yeah, what, what's crazy is it was one of the first. Uh, it was one of the first systems to use. Remember Sony's Cross Media Bar, oh, that's like the right, PS3 yeah. and the. Yeah, it was one of the first systems to use that. <laughs> From what I'm reading now, I didn't know this. You can apparently stand it horizontally, or you can lay it horizontally, or stand it up vertically. Oh, that big ass fucking thing because wow. it's a big it's a big white box it's huge yeah thing. it looks like a 90s pc yeah exactly that's exactly it but a lot of people a, a lot of people aren't establishing what the price is of it oh there it is its introductory price was if we do it convert conversion rates now it's around 800 dollars. that's a chunk yeah and and it got produced for two years it came out in december of 2003 it got produced all the way till february of 2005 and so yeah that's that's one of the weird that's one of the weird quirky ones that normally people don't know about and i remember seeing one i was like oh that's super impressive but it has a bunch of features that i would never fucking use (laughs) so yep that's one of those things where uh one of those weird ass systems that got trapped in japan and never made it out so it can sit there and chill out with the N64 disk drive and the Panasonic Q, which is the oh the the 64 the DDR or yeah the yeah the DDR I wish yeah. I had a DDR um yeah you can sit there and chill because there was a a Panasonic Q that was a GameCube that could play it was a hybrid GameCube DVD player made by Panasonic and what was the greatest idea on that console that it had a mirrored finish <laughs> yes. Yes, on, yeah, on the Pan- which one, the Panasonic Q or the fucking PSX? <laughs> the Panasonic. Yeah, that, that is the that will go down as like one of the ugliest fucking consoles I have ever seen in my whole entire life. Man, it was, it was out there. <laughs> yeah, the, so yeah, I think uh, I think from our standpoint, that is the life of the PlayStation Two for us. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. that we can make this we can make this like a ten part podcast, but. Yeah, yeah, it's it's enough to kind of get a little bite into it and yeah, just break down a few little key things that we remember back in the day. Yeah, I I remember buying so many so many shitty PS2 games and so many good PS2 games. Yeah, and I mean it's one of the first consoles. I didn't blow out my Dreamcast. I don't know how I didn't, but I ended up fucking up my PlayStation Two because I played it so much. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love my PS2. I put a hundred and something hours into twelve alone. Yeah. So But I think uh yeah, that was that was a good one to get into and yeah. next week Tulsa will be back. 
if Hopefully. he's if he I don't know maybe somebody will kill him I don't know I've had weird <laughs> dreams yeah we uh, <laughs> we are day forty seven of virus free and so yeah no it's uh interesting time right now I'm sure Tess will be back next week he said he was feeling a little bit better yeah we'll have good so. stuff Animal Crossing Doom to talk yeah. about and then kind of the news of this past week of the PlayStation Five yep. And, yeah, we'll uh, talk. and Mark Cerny happened to be the smartest man in the room. Oh, Mark Cerny is <laughs> fucking creepy. We'll we'll leave with that. Mark Cerny, I don't give a fuck who you are. That man is creepy. He definitely has somebody hiding in his basement. I like I've all I can think of is fucking Dana Carvey as church lady when he's talking. Yes, yes, thanks, <laughs> fucking God. Yes, he was just talking. He was like, now he was like, now if we look at the 3D audio, the 3D audio is essential to the parts of your ears. Now, if you look at the parts of your ears, they're made of tiny little, you know, microns. And microns, it fucked me up. That shit fucked me up. I'm listening to this guy who's like, how come I know more about my fucking inner ear bone than I do an actual console. I don't give a fuck about 3D audio. I'm not. I'm gonna be playing with a shitty $69 headset. I'm not buying. I'm not gonna be. You're lucky that I have a wireless one. Like this thing. I don't give a fuck who you are. Nobody gives a shit about how how it sounds. Most of us are playing on a fucking really shitty TV. You're not gonna have 3D audio out of that television. Nobody cares. So, Shows. so before next week's episode, we're gonna make sure Toast watches that whole presentation because we'll. Make sure he thinks it's very integral to next week's show. You better watch it. He's going to be fucking sick again. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, some stuff came out on the Series X. So we'll dive in and just compare yeah. what we know yeah. and then see where it leads. Yeah, works for me. That'll be great. All right. Well, that will wrap up episode 33, Bob. Yep. And where can they find us? You can find us at Complete Geeks. All right. And then Discord will be in our show notes. And yes, jo- join Discord for more fun. And we are out of here. Yep. We're surviving. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, time to time to social distance ourselves. I'll talk to you later. All right, organic. see ya. See ya.